Hello and welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club, episode 44. My name is Mark Champlin, and today I'm joined by Alex Wallace on our 44th episode of Why Does Every One of These Movies Have a Fucking MacGuffin? <laughs> What's up, girls and gays? Uh, so, so little, little, little setup for this week. Uh, think Mark and I have both been going through like, like a depressive episode in in the past few weeks, and. I was mm. people people have said it is it is it seems to have been common knowledge in the I don't know video game podcasts I listen to and the people that I follow on Twitter that 2010's Prince of Persia The Sands of Time is one of the better video game movies if not maybe the best video game movie now this is often framed in a context of like well, you know, video game movies aren't very good, but uh, Prince of Persia Sands of Time, that movie is a, a mediocre to good action movie, so that's the best video game movie, air quotes. Um, and I, I'm, I'm really just kind of here to tell you that every single person that said that is an idiot and a liar, uh, and this is one of the worst fucking movies that we have watched for this podcast. Yeah, anyone who said that couldn't possibly have seen the number of video game movies that we have. <laughs> we, we were just going through the list, and we've seen, at this point, God, almost all of the major release, uh, you know, international release blockbuster video game movies. Um, we would both agree that this one's pr- pretty easily, like, bottom five in terms of its content, in terms of the way that it chooses to portray its characters, um, the action's also not that good. Um, this movie pissed me off. <laughs> yeah. Re- all of the Resident Evil movies are better than this movie. Hitman Dead Agent 4 7, better than this movie. Max Payne, I think, is better than this movie. Because Max Payne, because Max Payne is, is I would say, an equally bad movie, but significantly less racist. Uh, yeah. And also, it has the decency to only be like an hour and 20 minutes. Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time is holding your fucking face under the sewage water for two hours straight. This film demands two hours of your time. And how fucking dare this film ask that of me? <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah, so this movie we mentioned is a 2010. Um, it's an American movie, clearly. Um, it's directed by Mike Newell. Um, I... I laughed really hard when I saw the Disney logo pop up. It's just a Disney um, movie. It's a Disney movie. That, that, that's the only logo at the start is the Disney logo. Yeah, it's it's like a mainline Disney movie, which I the fact that I didn't know, I think, <laughs> is telling. Yeah. Uh, I think Disney may have tried a little bit to distance themselves because corporations have the ability to decide what happens in your mind. And yeah. anything that does or doesn't happen in your mind is in terms of media is directly responsible. They're directly responsible for. So the fact that we didn't know this was Disney, I'm sure they are pleased. Um, They're glad we don't remember that. Yeah. They want us to think like, Oh yeah. fucking, (laughs) I don't know. Fox probably shat that thing out. When did it come out? 2013 or whatever the fuck. Yeah. It's, 
whatever, who cares? Prince of Persia, that thing was this, all right. <laughs> this movie had like Sony written all over it. Like yeah. it's, this was a fucking Sony ass movie. Um, but but I digress. Um, this movie also made me hate Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> it's not like I like had a particular like he's he's the star. To be clear, he plays the Prince of Persia. Um, and at like three points in the movie, they say you truly are the Prince of Persia, <laughs> which is really funny. That was probably my favorite part. Um, I his I want to I want to hit him in the face every time that he does this thing every time that he like escapes like a treacherous situation he does this shit ass grin like basically toward the audience and then like so whoa something else bad happens and he's like oh he's not out of it yet and it happens like I swear that happens at least five times um also Ben Kingsley and Alfred Molina are in it um <laughs> which is which is silly it, i mean it was a disney movie they got real actors to be in this yeah so <laughs> um and and so real quick i want to mention uh produced by jerry bruckheimer this movie uh and last week when we were talking about this movie uh i said that i thought that jerry bruckheimer was a pedophile uh, i looked into that to make sure that i was correct about that i'm not correct about that as far as i know um but he did donate to several Republican presidential campaigns, so fuck him anyway. So, you know, I don't, I don't feel real bad about it. Anyway. <laughs> Please. I am, I am, Ind- indulge us <laughs> with the plot of this movie. This, okay, I, I know I talk about, I talk about the difficulty I have in, like, writing plots out for these movies, but this one was really genuinely, like, I was like, all right, I got to do this, like, when I'm, it's early in the morning, I'm going to have breakfast, I'm going to sit down, like, I'm going to write some real fucking show notes here, so I could get all of the information that I need to get into all of this episode. Okay. All right. First thing to note, number one, up top thing you need to know, is that I looked it up, and this film is not set in any particular part of history besides the Persian Empire is expanding, which is something that took place over decades. Uh, So don't worry about it. The people on Wikipedia said it was anachronistic, and the type of people who write the plot descriptions for bad movies from the 2010s on Wikipedia care more about this shit than I do, care more about this shit than you do. Don't worry about it. The movie's racist. Anyway, we don't need historical context to be able to explain why. Here we go. Jake Gyllenhaal is a blonde white kid. (laughs) He lives in Persia. And he's hardcore and he lives on the streets. And so, and, and, and one day he steals an apple and he, and he kills a bunch of guards on accident, kinda. And the king sees him and is just like, damn, I like that kid's shit. This Damn. was the first instance of, even though it wasn't Jake Gyllenhaal, this fucking kid does the same <laughs> grin when he's like, oh, oh, I accidentally killed several of these men, yeah. and now, and that makes me good, To be, to I be guess. clear, he's being, like, chased across a roof and doing some parkour, uh, and then several people fall and die during this, this little action scene where they're trying to get back a single apple, uh, and then... And then, and then the king just makes him prince. He just makes him a prince. Okay, just that's it's fine. Just we're gonna keep going. So then we fast forward twenty years or however long. He's like thirty, and he's just a big smug asshole now. Uh, and him and his brother 
who was also a prince, invaded his 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 adopted brother <laughs> invade this holy city and do a bunch of murder so that they can get the MacGuffin. And we're gonna later learn later on in the plot, like thirty minutes into the fucking movie, we're gonna learn that that the MacGuffin is this knife that's that's magic because it lets you go back in time. And you might be thinking, oh, so at a certain point in the film, they introduce a supernatural element that sort of sort of turns this supposed, <laughs> uh, you know, semi-realistic historical world into a sort of fantasy. And then we get to see the ripple. No, he uses it to kill snakes like once. And then he uses it to end to undo the entire plot. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to take a breather. I'm going to take a drink of water. Hang on. That is A-OK. <sighs> so... Then his dad gets killed with a robe. They, they put poison in his robe, so he dies. And Jake Gyllenhaal gets framed for it. So he has to team up with the lady ruler of the city that he just did a bunch of murder in. And he's got. And then they run around the desert being boring and sexist for two hours. And then the ending is shit. And the evil uncle with the evil mustache and the big nose that lets you know that he's evil turns out to be the bad guy all along, just like you knew he would. Real, real Jafar-looking motherfucker. Yeah, yeah you, you, this, this character is shown in the first ten minutes of the movie, and you go, ah, the villain, and then you're correct. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really astonishing how, like, just fundamental r- racism about certain traits is just baked into all of our media. Funny how that works out. I wonder if we'll revisit that concept sometime later in this episode. Mark! It's, it's funny how this movie... Uh, doesn't respect its audience because it thinks we're dumb and makes it really obvious what's going to happen. It also doesn't respect its audience on an individual level by being racist towards several (laughs) groups of people that would be watching this movie. Um, (laughs) I, yeah, I fucking hated this (laughs) movie. Um, we, we should talk about the visuals. Um, I'm going to do the thing that I do and I'm going to bring up Lord of the Rings. Okay. Um, because this Every every fantasy movie with, like, swords and bows and arrows that came out after Lord of the Rings owes such a huge debt to that movie. Because it really paved the way to make a movie like that good in the modern era. I don't know how much I've talked about this. Maybe if you go ancient history of this podcast, we can listen to the Warcraft episode. I think I talked about this then. But it's even more present in this movie that just... It this movie looks like shit. Um, everything looks like a costume, and everything looks really sterile. And when you compare it to a movie like Lord of the Rings, and yeah, it's not fair, but also it kind of is fair because like fuck you, Lord of the Rings didn't have that huge of a budget. Like I, I don't know, I, I I'm not gonna rant about how much I love Lord of the Rings, even though I could. Um, the thing that you should know about this is that. You can't do the Lord of the Rings thing and look so sterile and so fake and so like a dumb cartoon um, at the same time. It just doesn't work. And this movie, along with so many other movies, tries to do that. I was sitting, staring at this screen for two hours and begging this film to show me something beautiful. Yeah, to to show me something interesting to show me something besides brown and gray and tannish brown and swords and (laughs) and unfortunately like 
it doesn't even look cool when he goes back in time. Yo, first of all, he only goes back in time like four times. And it doesn't even really look that cool. He like turns into sand and that's like alright. And then, but it's... Oh, man. The, the, the PS2 game looks better than this <laughs> yeah um yeah so i would i i really just want to like get right down to it here uh which is just i think that every single aspect of this film is a failure i think every single part of it is awful it is boring to look at it is the pacing is awful the, the like i was fatigued by this movie 15 minutes in i, I checked the time at 15 minutes i was like oh my god there's still like an hour and 45 minutes of this bullshit left holy shit and that feeling doesn't go away for the whole film because it never gets any more interesting it feels like a movie that is full of deleted scenes it feels like a movie where there was tons of stuff that just serves no purpose to the plot and just pads out the runtime here they're gonna get attacked by snakes here they have to go to the ostrich race for some fucking reason like and they just left all of that shit in um and beyond that the movie is like fundamentally racist like it is a fundamentally like horribly horribly racist film it is dripping with misogyny and the prince who is the kid jake gyllenhaal the guy that we're supposed to like and cheer for in this movie is just a miserable smug asshole of a character i found myself saying fuck you jake gyllenhaal shut the fuck up multiple times out loud while watching this movie <laughs> Yeah, I I wanted like bad things to happen to everyone in this movie. It's it's really hard when you watch these movies uh because you have no one to root for. You ever. really don't. You really do. You can't root for the sex trafficker who owns ostriches and loves libertarianism. You can't root for Jake Gyllenhaal because he is just the worst. You can't root for Jake Gyllenhaal's brother because you think he's the bad guy the whole time. You can't root for ben kingsley i was rooting for ben kingsley because they gave him an unfortunate mustache and i felt kind of bad for him let's talk about the racism okay <laughs> i i okay i have said that i think that this is a fundamentally racist film and i genuinely believe that everybody involved with the production of this film should be fucking ashamed of themselves and here's why it's it's literally a white savior movie because if you didn't know, if you didn't, if you weren't aware, Jake Gyllenhaal is a white dude. They, the, the prince of, the prince of Persia, is a white guy, and you you might be thinking to yourself that maybe okay. You know maybe the the backstory is oh he he comes from Europe and then he comes to here and that would still be a white savior movie but at least it would. At least it would like make sense, and you'd be mm -hmm. wrong to think that because yeah, it's, it's not like the Last Samurai. No, they, this is not that. People people look at him and say, "Hey, Persian." They think they call him a, and it's this fucking white blonde dude, and you're just supposed to be like, "Yeah, <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal. He's he's from fucking Persia," and, and it's like the the thing is. And, like, the, everyone who would defend this movie without seeing it, because if you see it, it's indefensible. But, like, maybe if I just heard about it, oh, it's Jake Gyllenhaal plays the Prince of Persia. <clears throat> like, especially 10 years ago, it was the type of thing of, like, well, it's it's Hollywood. 
you know, mm-hmm. like they they got they got a they got a mega star to play the main character. I'm sure you know the rest of it is a little more accurate, but but no, it's Jake Gyllenhaal and his entire family are all played by white people, and they are the royal blood, and the bad dudes are the bad dudes are all like brown and have like like beards and and, and like turbans, turbans and yeah. stuff, Look, dude. dude. Like I mean, okay, like. Let's let's. It's look not at, just Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake no, Gyllenhaal. It's the whole thing. It's it's all like all of the good characters are white people. It's it's yeah. it's disgusting. And like 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 let's look at the, let let hmm, let's look at this movie holistically, right? Let's look at this not on this film's terms because this film just wants us to believe that Jake Gyllenhaal is not a white guy. They just want us to believe that he is brown. Um, they they want us to believe that Persia was like is like a mystical place that doesn't actually exist and doesn't actually have like a heritage and a people that still exists. Yeah. And <laughs> and if you look at it from that angle and yeah. you know, don't buy into their bullshit, this is a movie about a white royal family ruling over a bunch of brown people who meet a, another small blonde white kid and decide to make him a prince as well. And then they go around killing a bunch of brown people for the entire movie in order to save the the good brown people that are on their side. That's racist. Yeah, it's it's That's it's, a it's indefensible. Movie. Yeah. It's this isn't the I not saying that, that Scarlett Johansson is like the Scarlett Johanssonism of Hollywood is like a good thing, obviously, but like this is on a different level. I think we could agree. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the messages that are being communicated about the characters in relation to their skin color is appalling. Yeah. It's, it's awful. Uh, and, and that fills you with a sense of hatred that carries through the rest of the movie. Uh, and then your hatred is rewarded by the movie dumping more shit in your face because boy, the racism is bad, but let's talk about the misogyny. My Holy fucking shit, this movie is fucked up. This movie There's, is like Hitman fucked up. Yeah, it well, it it's super Hitman because the Hitman also had oh, here's the 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 fucking dickhead protagonist and his his female his young female ward who is going to he's going to carry throughout the movie and she will slowly inexplicably fall in love with him. Um even though it's at at a certain point he like tried to get rid of her by selling her into sex slavery. Oh, uh, she, 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 she hella forgives him for that. Let's okay. I'm going to, we're going to, we need to break down this entire interaction. So first of okay. So Jake Gyllenhaal and the leader of this uh, city that he killed a bunch of people in are now working together to get the MacGuffin back. So they're going on adventures together and shit. And he is just such a fucking absolute piece of shit to her the entire time. And like you, think that this movie is try- is going to try to do a thing where like, oh, the prince is a big asshole at the beginning, but then he learns to be a nice guy and then the girl likes him. No, he's a piece of shit and doesn't learn anything and doesn't develop as a character in any way whatsoever throughout the course of the entire film. Um, and so th- most of this film is just watching Jake Gyllenhaal just berate and objectify a woman. And then he sells her into sex slavery. Okay. So, Jake, the- I don't even remember how exactly the setup works, but basically... The so, some some uh, roguish types, some bandits are trying to get the MacGuffin from Jake Gyllenhaal, but he's like, "Oh no, actually, if you really want to make some money, 
there's a girl that I just split up with that is beautiful and wandering through the desert by herself. You can go get her. And this, and this is what happens. And we are shown that uh, once she is sold into sex slavery to these bandits, uh, they make her dress up in a skimpy outfit and serve cocktails at the ostrich race that they're hosting. Uh, this is all run by Alfred Molina, who uh, is wearing a turban and a big beard in this. Uh, and he's and I mentioned earlier that he's a libertarian. And that is because there's a part where he complains. The, the reason he doesn't like that the Persians are invading is because they're putting taxes on him. And direct quote, he says that taxes are bad for his small businessmen. And, 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 and so... <sighs> you know, the, the type of thing that... I don't know, Jerry Bruckheimer would say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how about that? Um, And and she escapes from the sex slavery, obviously. And then she just keeps hanging out with Jake Gyllenhaal. They just keep, they just, I mean, they're, you know, they're snippy with each other. They have, they have some, they have some sassy banter, you know. Yeah, she was, she was very mad at him after yeah, he did that. Yeah. But, you know. You know, whoops. You, uh, whoops, I sold you into sex slavery. <laughs> did I, was I gonna, do that? Okay, like, even, <laughs> even if, and I don't think this is what the movie is going for, but even if the idea is that he is, like, trying to get one up on the bandits and he's going to break her out later, you still let me be in the possession of men who are implied to be sex trafficking me. Yeah, like without her consent. Yeah, it's she. It's, she it's didn't horrific. know about this plan. It's like awful. even if it was a plan, it's um he. <laughs> God, what the fuck, man? And then guess what happens, girls and gays? Let's. Oh, you'll never. You'll never. You'll guess. never. You'll never guess. This this movie really circumvents your expectations. Um, by. Uh, when when he when they kiss at the end because they're actually in love, uh, she then dies. Ooh! But then it circumvents your expectations again when he reverses the entire plot of the movie with the dagger of magic, and then uh, and then they 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 actually do get married anyway because uh, be, because he won. He he he's the he's the man in the movie and he won. He literally wins her as a prize <laughs> at the end of the movie. Like they decide, like they like roll up on her city decide not to attack the city this time and then the king is like oh you'll you should have my son's hand in marriage and she just like doesn't really have a say in this and they and they just get married and you're supposed to feel really good about it let me remind you how this interaction actually goes because i just fucking saw this yeah go for it um he (laughs) the 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 heir the 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 first in line the firstborn dude is like um it's like we how can we repay you for uh, almost ransacking your city by accident we're so sorry um here's what we can do um we should make a bond that's strong stronger than friendship marriage marry my brother um he's no finer catch uh, would be the man who almost destroyed but then saved your city and she's and she's like ooh walk with me Jake Gyllenhaal let's let's talk and it's like you he gets rewarded for changing his mind and deciding not to fucking kill everyone by getting to marry the hottest girl there <laughs> That's even, the movie. Yeah, he doesn't even learn to be less of an asshole. Yeah, no. and I think we should. I think we should really. 
I think you need to zero in on, like, this movie's obsession with monarchy. Um, yeah, because, I'm so sick of fucking bloodlines in these yeah, movies. Yeah, and we talked about this in the Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures episode, <laughs> which if you haven't listened to that, you're probably very confused about how we managed to talk about bloodlines in American media while talking about Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures. But if you haven't listened to that episode, you should. Um, the show is racist. The show is Continue. really racist. Um <laughs> And, okay, so I want to kind of dig into this a little bit. So, it's it's like they're trying to make some kind of quote-unquote, like, classist statement by having the prince start out as a poor king, right? Um, there's literally a line where the, the king is talking about him and says, A boy whose blood was noble, but whose character was. The king, again, a character we're supposed to think very highly of in this film, generally. Um because he dies early in the movie, so we don't get to, you know, see him belligerent, be belligerent towards a woman or anything. Um, and the the issue is that this this movie really has absolutely no problem with monarchy or empire, um, as long as it's a good king that's doing it. You know, as long as you're relying, oh, as long as we have the good monarch, this is the Barack Obama theory, as long as we have... Oh, boy. <laughs> this is... The, <laughs> This is this is the unite blue theory, right? As long as we have a good monarch, <laughs> we'll be fine. And and it just you know he has the best chance of defeating Trump. You know <laughs> that's what's really important to me. Yeah. Um. And and the evil uncle is evil not because like like not because he is a monarch or wants to be a monarch. He's evil because. He wants to be the king instead of the guy who rightfully, by blood, should get to be the king. The, the, I just had a thought. This movie is to monarchy what Ruddy Player One is to capitalism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, like, it's not that the problem is systemic. The problem is that the, the wrong people are in charge of all the wealth and capital and property. Yeah, yeah and, and, like, I, I also think that, like, films like this posit that, like, corruption comes from just one evil guy that's tricking everybody else. Because, like, the whole setup with, with him attacking the city that starts the whole plot is that, like, they have the MacGuffin, but everybody else is doing it under false pretenses, but the evil uncle just wants to get the MacGuffin. And nobody else knew about the MacGuffin. And, and so, like, instead of there being, like, a systemic rot at the center of the very concept of monarchy it's just mm -hmm. oh well the, the wrong guy just lied to everybody but everybody else in the king's army was good and yeah it's i can't believe that the film called prince of persia was not starring jake gyllenhaal was not critical of monarchy as a concept ah uh, but it could have been oh what if, what what if what if every movie was just good it'd be great it'd be great <laughs> That'd speaking of cool. which, speaking of which, let's talk about the shit ending. We, I, I know we've a little bit like blown our load on the ending, but like, god damn it, this okay, god it, damn it, it really, <laughs> it really sucks super bad. Okay, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna talk about the way that they set this ending up and why it sucks really bad. So near the beginning of the movie, after they ransack the city. And Jake Gyllenhaal, like, does a, some cool parkour to, like, make it go by faster and kill less people, maybe. Uh, he has this talk with the king. And the king has this whole speech about how, like, you know, a good man would have done what you did. A good man would have, you know, disobeyed order slightly to save some lives. 
but a great man would have stopped the battle altogether. And this is like literally the first conversation in the movie where a character says something interesting. It happens about 20 minutes in and you're like, oh shit, maybe this movie's gonna have a plot. All right, I'm paying attention. What are you gonna do with this? I got this, this, what are you gonna do with this concept? You know? Uh, and, okay. So the magic knife that he has, the MacGuffin, gets used for maybe the third or fourth time in the movie. And he just undoes the entire plot of the film. He just undoes everything and goes back to the battle that happens at the very beginning of the movie. Um, and he stops the battle from happening by, you know, like, objecting or whatever. And he gets his brother on his side and his uncle gets killed. And, and, and the whole movie is a waste of time, basically. When, when, when you saw him get back in time and standing there with a the knife and realized what was about to happen, were you just like... Fuck this. <laughs> Fuck this. Well, okay. Because I, cause I was like, no fucking way. It's really bad. It is bad because it, it, it was just like, oh, this entire movie that I just wasted two hours of my life on didn't even matter in universe. Great. Love it. Um, but the thing that really makes it, like, terrible is that, okay, this movie is doing something that competent films do, which is something that we don't talk about a lot on this podcast. Like, I talk a lot about on this podcast how, like, it's impressive when a character trait is set up and then paid off later in the script on this podcast. Right. It's impressive mm-hmm. when a movie has a coherent three-act structure. Okay, so in this movie, they set up the good man would have done what you did, great man would have stopped the battle altogether thing, and then they pay it off by having him allegedly have learned some lesson throughout the course of the movie, and now he's gonna not do the battle anymore. But he didn't learn anything a he we didn't see him grow and change through the through the plot he's a shitty misogynist asshole throughout the entire movie and he's still a shitty misogynist asshole at the end the only thing that he does is do the thing that his dad tells him he should have done at in the first 15 minutes of the movie so the entire film which is allegedly about the development of Jake Gyllenhaal's character to be less of a smug asshole and do the right thing is irrelevant (laughs) because he just does the thing that somebody else just told him to do and he's still an asshole and then he wins the girl as a prize. Fuck this movie. Yeah, the the, the girl as a prize thing, uh, I'll I'll finish with my, my last thought on that because it could be argued that the only reason that he like the main reason why he, like, stops the fight is so that, like, oh, man, oh, the girl's still alive. I can still go fuck her in this universe. Yep. Like, because that's... that. Uh, that's his reward. That's, that's what he his... gets for winning, for being a yeah, good man. That's what he gets. Hey, listen, gamers. <laughs> if, <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, if you're good, if you're a good dude, if you're a nice guy, capital N, capital G, nice guy and you don't do do a genocide on your girl's city, she might even pity fuck you. Maybe. Yeah, I, I I'm sick of I'm sick of bringing up like like to any potential Elliot Rogers listening, but like literally to any potential Elliot Rogers listening, like this shit is like <laughs> this is what makes people th- this oh my god. Fuck this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fuck this. Yeah, yeah, but fuck it. What are we watching next week, Mark? <laughs> We're watching Kirby right back at Yay! exclamation point. Yes. Yay! Oh god. Uh, yeah. So this is this is a this is a nice happy thing that's gonna happen. Um, it is. Um, it's a Japanese anime series slash uh, 
slash CGI. This is a really weird mix, if I remember correctly, but I'm excited to see it. Um, it's uh, created by Warp Star Incorporated, and it's based on the Kirby franchise, obviously. Um, it had 100 episodes, apparently, which is rad. <laughs> um, and it only ran for three years, or for, for yeah, for, for two years? Three years. Two years. Anyway. <laughs> Math is hard. Um, I am excited to watch this. I have fond memories of this as a kid. It was one of my Saturday morning uh, cartoons when I was around. What age would I be? 10? 10, 10 years old? Mm-hmm. Um, Meta Knight is really dope and has a cool accent in this <laughs> show. Uh, he sounds like Zorro. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, here's what I know about Kirby right back at you. One, got Kirby in it. Two, DDD, he's got a clob of that there, Kirby. Three, the accent. Uh, and also there's a snail guy called Escargo. And that's all I know. Where can people find the podcast on the internet, Mark? You can find us on Twitter at Cartridge Cinema. Join the Discord. It's linked on the Twitter, uh, iTunes, and Spotify, and SoundCloud. And also your favorite podcast app is where you can find us. Uh, rate us even if you hate us. Just kidding. Only rate us positively. The music is by DJ Tin Man. The art is by Courtney Kaufman. Um, maybe Kirby will make us less depressed. Um, maybe me getting back on an SSRI will do that. Um, <laughs> For me, it was Tuesday. (laughs) 